and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good afternoon. How's it going? Uh, my allergies, once again, if you heard last week's episode, my voice was a little questionable. Um, it's going to continue this week, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I hear you. Mine's going to be the same way. Um, my allergies, and it, what sucks about it is you work inside and your yes. allergies are bad. I work mostly outside. Yep. Luckily... Uh, it wasn't like a too bad of a day, so right when I was coming home is when the wind was kicking in. Right. Yeah, We. it's strange here. We, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but it's interesting how it goes from, you know, it, it was a lovely day at about noon. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting outside eating lunch, waiting for uh, the local comic shop to open up where I was going to demo a game, and I was just hanging out, eat, eating my lunch, and it was absolutely gorgeous out. And then... <laughs> I went in there for two hours and looked looked outside, and everybody was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> wall of dust. Yeah. I loved it. It's what we do here. Yeah, it's uh, it was something else. Well, I was uh, I was doing my job. I was out in my truck, you know, I'm getting a fridge ready to take into the house. Yeah. And gorgeous day. Beautiful. I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice. I'm liking this. It's going to get stupid hot in a couple months or in a couple weeks. Yep. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm enjoying it. We go in, do all we had to do inside the house, come out, and practically everything's trying to be blown away. And I'm trying to put everything, shove into the truck before they blow all the trash and garbage <laughs> get blown away. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I was in the house maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And I mean, it kind of looked like something was coming around over the, um, a mountain because you can see like the darkness and then yep. it just creeping but oh yep. man it was it when was it disgusting hits, it, it hits, hits. yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those things where if you're not from the area you don't normally believe it like you've seen pictures of it it's called a haboob h-a-b-o-o-b and if you've not seen it it's basically just a giant wall of dust imagine like if you've seen like the edge of a hurricane and like some of those <laughs> pictures it's kind of like that except completely dry and it's insanity like it when it hits you that is technically our only natural disaster that we have to worry about because it's consistent. Oh. We can have 50, 60 mile per hour winds. Yeah. Uh, the only major other one we get is flash floods. It's like when we get rainy right. seasons, uh, it's it's dangerous to be out like near the Arroyos sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. In yeah. fact, uh, in my neighborhood, if you just go up the street, you can see where the sinkhole was from the last. Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it. No, it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely a world like any others, but you know. Uh, every area has the joy own. of the desert the choice of the desert i'll take it still you know like, oh yeah, yeah our allergies are terrible right now and you know i feel gross but i'll still take it over like <laughs> risk of hurricane and tornado that's just me maybe yeah, i'm no, being I empowered don't... about it but i'd <laughs> much rather have this yeah no i don't disagree with you we'll, we'll get like some of the wind i'm fine with the hurricane force winds yeah, uh, the, yeah. Uh, mind you it's like a when I say hurricane force winds, it's like a category, category one. one. Yeah, yeah we, we, we've we only hit like 80 miles an hour a few times. Right. Yeah, exactly. earthquake and a tsunami. No, thank you. Ooh. No, that's scary. That's some scary stuff. I mean, that's a wall of water. <laughs> what, dust you can brush off. Water, not so much. <laughs> yeah, oh, except for, you know, you get that, that nasty chap lips from the wind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about this episode. Um, this episode is an interesting one. We did this last year, and there's yep. a reason we did it last year. And we're just reviewing all of the games that we played over the past year. And we wanted to talk about some of like the new ones that we played and mm -hmm. which ones we were really excited about. Uh, uh, we're going I, into our third year when this episode yeah, airs. I do want to add a caveat. When we say new games, we're not talking about like the cult of the new kind of stuff. So it 
not on my list, but if there is a newer game, and there is one that's been out for a couple years that I finally got to yeah. play that made my list. It's new to us that we've played. Yeah, one of mine is at least 10 years old, absolutely. But it's brand new to me. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's ones that, for the first time, or maybe for the second if it's that, that really um, old one, or one that I played many, many years ago and I finally got a copy and played it and appreciated it, that's an example of some of those. Yeah. Um, and Illuminous brought up, uh, my favorite game recently is That Time You Killed Me. Very good choice. Uh, I don't know. You forgot about it, didn't you? No, I I thought about it. Yeah, it's not on my list, but yeah, that's oh, a we'll, very, we'll, very good we'll choice. We'll also give a couple shout-outs to, sure. to games before we start, just to... Because we actually were talking about it before we were starting when we we're going through the list. Okay, am I going to make – if this is going to be my list, am I f- happy with it? So we're going like what right. we've played in the last year because we, we're nerds. We keep statistics of it. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we were going through it and it's like, um, oh, we have played a lot of games <laughs> in the last year compared to 2020. That's right. <laughs> in fact, let, let's, let's look at how many games I actually ended up playing last year. Now, granted, a lot of these aren't new games, but in the last, as of right now, the last 365 days, I played 580, I'm sorry, 538 games, uh, 319 of those were unique. So almost a whole game a, a day that I had never played before in the past year. And in 20, 21 locations, 230 new games to me, at least since I've been tracking on the on the app and played with 57 different players. So I am setting something up for, I can actually check the stats from now to today. Okay. Now, and, yeah, as a caveat, uh, if you're watching us do this live, like our friend Illuminous, uh, you know that we are, we are filming this in February. Yeah. And that's just because we're trying to get ahead of the game because we're going to a convention. We're going to take month. a bit of a, a break because yep. we have a convention. Actually, yeah. I think, think we only are going to record one more episode before we go to that next yeah, week exactly exactly so we're going to be filming one more episode and so if you're watching this uh as the recordings watch it later which means we should talk about something uh real okay. quick we ran a contest that closed out last week yeah now it closed out as far as the twitch side goes yes we say that because if you're listening to the recordings the last episode is going to come go out on Feb- uh, march 11th yeah, Friday yep. of March 11th is when that episode is going to come out. And if you're hearing this as a recording when this episode comes out, then it has closed already. Yes. So if you're watching us live or have what, found this episode on, oh, like Twitch on YouTube or, anything, or Twitch, or YouTube, by all means, you have until March 11th, which is about a month away, to enter that contest. Listen to the episodes. We explain how to do it. But the... Anybody who's listening to that, we're going to take a few weeks, of course, to announce the winner. So we so probably we have this ready. won't announce the winner till um, after the 19th of March, because that's yes. when we get back from Gamma. So we may announce it when we start up the recording again, right. uh, which would be somewhere in the end of March yeah. when we can announce the winner and stuff like that. We may do the drawing ahead of time, but we won't announce the winner. And that's you could, right. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's for this game right here, Horrified American Monsters, sealed copy, courtesy of my co-host here, Daniel. Uh, this, that's your copy. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, that's the winner's copy because my copy is right there. Yeah, but that is your copy right now <laughs> and soon to be another lucky fan. 
Yeah, so just again, um, if you're hearing this on the podcast side, the, the contest is closed. If you're watching this live or you find the videos before March 11th, you still have a chance to enter. Just go find where they are. You can find the uploads on YouTube. They're going all the way to the 11th. Uh, you can find the backlog videos on Twitch as well as the audio side once they go up too. That's right. Cool. So we should talk about this. Uh, normally what we do is we, we go on to the Board Game Revolution forum on on Facebook um, and post this a question. This is one of our Chits and Giggles episodes. But, you know, that's a little different because we're talking objectively like what, what games we, we enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And so we could have done this in two different ways. We could simply ask the question that everybody else has asked. Hey, what games do you like from the past year? And everyone will list their favorite games, which is fine. Yeah. It, by all means, do that. Or we could have asked them, hey, what are your favorite games that we played over the last year? Which, why would they know that? <laughs> exactly. I mean, we talk about games we played, but honestly, even when we do the what's what we've been playing, we only talk about four games, yeah. and we only record this part of we, the podcast every other week. Yes, so. and we've definitely played more than four games in the past it, two weeks. So yeah, we so sure of it. just uh, going into my statistics that I set up, I played... 257 different plays within the last year. Wow. From uh, January 1st, 2021. That's almost half of what... The, no, I'm just kidding. It's not a competition. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> fix that because it's like January 1st and I want it from March. Oh, I see. So it's gonna be even fewer? Yeah. This is awkward. Let's see how much fewer it is because... Uh, yeah, probably not as fewer as I'm giving you guff for. It's probably still gonna be over 200, I imagine. Yeah, it's 213 plays of yep. 121 different games. Yep. In seven seven different locations with sixteen different players, and ninety seven of them were new to me. Wow, that's most of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's half, but that's still a significant amount. Wow. Okay. Well, this will be fun to talk about. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. I got some good games, but before we get started, what have you been playing? Oh, let me tell you, it's not like I had it prepared. <laughs> so I played four games that I really want to talk about over the past two weeks. One of which was a game that I had played many years ago at a board game cafe. It's one of the few that I convinced my wife to play, and it's a very interesting dexterity game. I finally got it to the table with one of my game groups, okay. and it is absolutely as ridiculous as I remember it. Uh, we were all tired because we played like four or five games that night, and we're like, yeah, let's just play something, I don't know, ten minutes long. Cool. I have a game for that. <laughs> it's called Hamster Roll. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Have you heard of this one? Uh, no, but I've seen it, because I was there when you bought it. Yes. So, <laughs> Hamster Roll, the way it works is there's this big wooden wheel, and there's a number of uh, wooden, like, little platforms that are glued inside of it. And the idea is you start by putting a single cone in the in the center of it, and you all agree on which direction it's going to roll. Because on your turn, you take one of your pieces, everybody has the same kind of pieces, but mostly they're either rectangular or cylindrical pieces, um, of different sizes and shapes and weights, yeah. of course. And you can choose to either put it... Um, on. It, it always has to be the farthest piece ahead. So you can put it in either the same uh, section that the last piece was placed, or the next one, or two past, or two past the where it was okay. last placed. So you have upwards to those three spots. So you, if you wanted, you could rest it on the platform, or you could put it really similar there. Because if once it rolls, once you place your piece... Any pieces that fall off of the wheel okay. become yours, and you're trying to get rid of all your pieces, which makes sense. Um, yeah. And when we played it, I put a piece down, and a big piece fell down 
onto another part of the platform <laughs> and never touch the table, which we re- check the rules again. It's only if it touches the table does it count. So that was really lucky, but oh my goodness, I was so happy that I didn't have to take those pieces. I took, like, the second game we played, there was one spot where, like, 15 pieces all fell off. I'm like, well, I'm out. <laughs> I'll just put those all over here. You guys have fun. <laughs> no, but it was, it's such a good dexterity game. Um, I was talking to uh, Ithri, a friend of the podcast, and and he got very upset. And he was like, every time I watch your podcast, behind your head, I always see Space Invaders. He was like, every time you move your head, I see that awful game. <laughs> I was like, it's not. I was like, you're just not a fan of Dexterity. He was like, no, Hamster Roll is in my top ten. <laughs> I was like, okay. Alright, fair. That's that's very fair. But Space Invaders is still amazing, and Hamster Roll is even more fun. So, yeah. Space Invaders is a great game. I don't know what his problem is. Well, I think it's because okay. it's a lot of luck. It is. There is a lot of luck. Yeah, there is a lot of luck. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. All right, we're going to try to roll with this. I know there's going to be a little technical difficulties. Hopefully it doesn't show up on the recording side. So my first game playing is probably my uh, biggest disappointment for me. Ooh. And this is a Prospero Uh, Hall game. I really, really love Prospero Hall games. I really, really enjoy them. But this one, uh, this one hurt me a little. And this is Caro. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's a two-player game. Oh, I know what it is. So let's start with the positive of this game. Yeah. It's gorgeous. The yeah. art is amazing on it. The The production value is through the roof for a two-player game. The dice are really nice. Tokens are really nice. The cards are really nice. The freaking timers are amazing. They're little trucks with sand dials in them. Great. But this game is, like, super lucky. It's all about dice rolls, speed dice rolls, because you don't want to run out of time or you lose everything. It's a push-your-luck aspect of it. It just, it's so lucky. And there's a distinct first-player advantage in this game. The person who can go first, if they can get the right combos. And some of the cards that come up are really simple to get. So uh, when I was playing with a buddy of mine, he got the ones that added extra dice to his roll, like right then and there, and he was the first player. I didn't get the chance to even attempt to get like the red die or the blue die to help me in the game. So now I'm rolling five die unless I want to spend fuel to get those said dice to help me. And the one time I did it, all fires and fires are the ones that you have to keep because if you, uh, cause you're going to burn cards. So it's important for you to do stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, well this die is useless to me cause I can't do it. And then later in the game, I finally got a token that allows me to reroll all the fire die. Yeah. Well, that doesn't help me when I'm already getting my butt handed to me because it's also got a little area of control into it. Well, if you can't get your characters into your area of control because you can't get because you only have five dice to get the stuff you need, well, I'm going to lose those points. I'm going to lose those points, and I'm trying to get certain things to help me out. It's just it's luck upon luck upon luck, and I wanted to like this, but if you like it, good for you guys because I know he liked it, and yeah, I know I you it. okay with it. Yeah, I like but it it's just. There's no mitigation of the luck. My first roll, I rolled, uh, I had uh, six die. I rolled four fire. Yeah. And that leaves me a total of two dice left to roll to try to get stuff to buy on the board. And if I only got two dice, it just depends on what combo I come up with because everything needs a combination of something. There's very few cards that only cost you one resource or something like that. So it hurt. Um, I get it. If people want it. 
have at it, but this is not something I'm going to add to my collection. And that's saying something because I collect a lot of the Prospero Hall games. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sad that you that you had such a bad experience with it. I oh. think when I first played it, the person who I played with, I think, had a similar outlook onto it. Like, he didn't hate it, but I don't think he was the biggest fan of it. Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd rate it a 5. It was average for at best. At best. Well, yeah, sorry to hear. Um, speaking of Prospero Hall, though, my number uh, three that I'm going to talk about is this guy right here, Trapper Keeper, the game. Show and tell. It wouldn't be an anniversary episode if you don't do a show and tell. I brought it just in case you wanted to try it later. <laughs> um, no, but Trapper Keeper, this is one that you even told me that you're interested in trying. Mm-hmm. And out of all the Prospero Halls, I'm not going to lie, this is one that I was the least interested in because I don't know what happened, but I everyone my same age that uh-huh. I talked to... They all fondly remember the Trapper Keepers. I don't remember them existing. I never had a Trapper. I had a zip binder that was transparent. I could put pictures in it, sure. But I never had... Oh, I never knew what a Trapper Keeper my, was. My Trapper Keeper was like my favorite thing when we got for That's school. That's what I'm saying. Everyone, yeah. It must have skipped me somehow. <laughs> I'm only a few up. years older than you and I remember Trapper Keeper. And, and I loved it. And people younger than me still remember it, too. Yeah. My wife loves the idea. My, like... Everyone who I know who's my our generation fondly remembers Trapper Keepers. I just somehow didn't know. Like, they just <laughs> didn't exist in my radar. And so, but I tried the game. And the idea of the game is is pretty straightforward. You have a 3x3 three three grid. Each, each of those cards in the grid has a stack of nine cards, okay? There's a different a bunch of different styles of papers that you're putting into your binder. Everyone has their own little paper mead uh, brand little folders, which is the actual branding of like the paper folders that we normally get. You know? Yeah. Um, it's an actual mead brand folder and you're collecting these papers and putting it in your binder. And so on your turn, you're going to collect up to three papers. And so you flip over a card, a locker card, and it tells you in what pattern you can get it. So it might have like a little Z like figure, you know, and you can get anything that is in that in that pattern, either by left or right. Um, if it's like straight diagonal, you can go, um, e- you know, e- from top left to bottom right. Yeah. You just have to keep the orientation, but you can choose any of the rows that qualify for that. Okay. And so you take up to three papers. Now, the reason they matter is like you might have a detention slip, you know, whoever has uh, the most detention slips, I believe. We'll get two points per per slip, only if you have the fewest. And so it's like, that's already an interesting scoring mechanism. There are um, field trip forms where you are going to get four points, but you must have a signature, which is not worth anything on its own. But if you have a signature, it does that. But signatures can also be applied to report cards, which you are going to get uh, one point per report card, one point for every homework card you are you also have, which homework is a majority thing. So normally they don't score by themselves, but whoever collects the most homework and it's the most prominent card in the game will get, uh, I think, six points and then three, then then zero from there on out for majorities. Then you have secret notes from four different people. There's like Pharaoh, Archer, Lily, and somebody else. And you have to get different sets of them. The more variety of notes that you've gotten passed from different characters, the more they're, they're worth as a set. It's really neat. Honestly, I had so much fun with this. Out of all of the games we played that night, and we played probably about six or seven okay. that Friday night, uh, 
our mutual friend Jim, who's appeared on the podcast, he said that was his favorite game. Hands down. <laughs> he was like, I would gladly play that again. And I didn't even think he liked it that much. <laughs> but when we played it, oh, man. I heard oh, it's man. really it smart. It was nifty. I was really... I like the different scoring styles that they have. Um, everything that it works, it, it just gets better and better. The art and the style. Oh, and I didn't say, there are doodles on each of these pages. Yeah, I, I heard. Yeah. And you you also score majorities for each of the doodles. But when you take the cards, you have to put all one to three cards in either the left side or the right side of your folder, <laughs> which uh, it will only score some of the symbols. So if I pick it up, I'm like, huh, oh, there's smiley faces on this, but there's tic-tac-toes on this side. Which ones do I want? Well, I kind of want tic-tac-toes, so I'll put it on my left side. <laughs> so I'll score just those at the end of the game. That was cool. Like yeah. it, you how each card has basically three different options to choose from. That's neat. I'm glad you liked it. I I, I do want to dig it. I don't know if I'll be able to play it tonight because I still got to eat dinner after we record this. Oh sure, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> but bring it Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. I might do uh, that. More than likely, we still can play. Other than uh, I I had to cancel last week just because the wife wasn't feeling well. Sure. It was a, it was a long day at work and stuff like that. Yeah. So. No, that's no problem. But right. if you so happen to eat and we still have time, we can bust it out right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to get him to play Rising Sun, but it's kind of like everybody wants to play. Oh, and we're going to have the full contingent, so we could probably play uh, one of our, um, one of our legacy, legacy games. Yeah, Very good. So my next game, now the disappointment's over, let's talk about games I really enjoyed. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is one that you actually showed us, and I liked it more than our two mutual friends. Um, yeah. I know one did not like it. One uh, really didn't like it at all. Yeah, one he was one was okay with it. The other and one did not like the thing. it. Normally, it's like if if you do really badly in a game and it wasn't by like any strategy you have, uh-huh. then that's an understandable reason for for not liking it. He won. I did awful, and I really like this game. Yeah, I did. I didn't do all that great. I enjoyed this. the The game we're talking about is Let's Summon Demons. Yep. It was. <laughs> it's it's basically a tongue-in-cheek Machi Koro space space kind of clone. You roll yep. some dice, you do some actions, yeah, pay for souls, you know, to summon demons. Yeah. Um it's got some hilarious artwork. Uh I really enjoyed it. I actually want to pick me up a copy of this. I, I had a good time with it. Now, it's not for everybody. It's very um lucky as compared to Cairo, yes. it's not as lucky because there's things that you can do to mitigate stuff yeah. um you always start with something so it can give you um like equipment so like if you have like a candle you you could still get something on everybody's roll yeah uh the demons only trigger on your roll uh yeah it's a nice retro feel i really really enjoyed this one had a great time with them i like this one more than i like let's dig for treasure yes uh no I agree. let's dig for treasure is a fun a phenomenal game as well uh not highly rated for my i think it was like i give it a six maybe yeah it's just it, but it's fun passable um in fact i may drop carol down to four if i'm gonna go that rate because yeah. i yeah but this one easily a seven i could just bust this out to play it i have a great time with it i love the fact that it's like coaster style cards so that that's something different as well because i don't i only know one other game that has like coaster cards and that's a skull haven't played it but let's summon demons finally played it uh i really really enjoyed this one i like that machikoro or um space space rolling get something 
build your engine. And I love the tongue-in-cheek comedy of it because yes. it reminds me of, like, those old-school games, like the Zombies Ate My Neighbor. Right. So, yeah, so. Exactly. And, and, yeah, it can be a bit demented. We, we by no means encourage this for anybody who is, like, you know, heavily religious or offended yeah. by stuff like this. Like, if, if you can watch Evil Dead... And, and laugh during it because of just how off the wall it is, then this is your kind and the of humor. acting. Yeah. If and then, you uh, if you're not comfortable with stuff like that, like, honestly, then this for me, isn't the game for you. I can call it, it's like a tongue in cheeks kind of thing. So it's like a farcical, um, horror yes. spoof. Right. So you look at it, say, like something like Shaun of the Dead or that stuff. It's yeah. like in that kind of category, which is just a comedy with a little horror aspect to it. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, my next one that I played. Was a game that I bought on a whim. I bought it because the art whim. on a whim. The art was amazing on it, and I remember seeing it a few years ago at a local convention, um, or not a local convention. I went to it's very not local Origins. Um, me and my friend went there, and it was from a company I hadn't heard much from. Um, I mean, I knew of some of their games, but I saw this and I thought, "Wow, that is absolutely one of the most gorgeous games I've seen as far as the art goes." And so when we found it at Bookman's a few weeks ago, I picked it up because I was like, okay, you know, the art is really nice. Um, seems like this company has some decent decent work. Let's just try it. Okay. And I brought it home. It. The only reason it's not on my favorite games played of last year is because it's on my uh, it's on my what I played right now. And then uh, also because you played it before. No. Didn't you say played. you played Inward? This is Inuit. Uh, Inuit the yeah, Snowfolk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Snowfolk people, I believe, is what it is. It is fantastic. This this is just one of the neatest games I've played in a really long time. You would adore this game. I strongly feel that. Because you have this long board, and you have a number of actions. Each spot is a different action that you could take. And it's really simple. Uh, if you choose the whaler, you take a, an orca whale. If you, if you do the bear trapper, you take a bear. You do the seal, take a seal. You club a seal? Right. Yeah, you club a seal. If you scout, that means you can pull out more cards. Because on at the beginning of your turn, you flip over one card into the great white, which is the available cards. And then if you want, you can scout again. Um, simple as that. If you're um, a warrior, if you do the warrior action, you take a, a character card uh, from one of the tribes. And you put a face down. It's just worth a point. Um, bears are worth four. Orcas are three and two points for the seals. And so you're just scoring points in different ways. Now it sounds boring, right? You just take some cards, whatever. What makes it amazing is there's two other spots. One is the elder, where you take tribesmen, um, either adults, which are guaranteed towards one of the four tribes, which is the four player colors, and you can put them below your board. And that is effectively a multiplier. <laughs> Meaning if I put... Uh, if I put Use my elder action, take take an adult, and put it under the uh, whalers. Okay. Every turn I want, I could take up to two whale, whalers because I have the automatic one and I have the second one. Mm. If I put it under, if I put two of those under the warriors on my turn, I could take three of the tribes folk and put them face down. Oh, man. Yep. If I put some under the elder, that means I get to recruit more people for my tribe <laughs> on the next turn. <laughs> automatically you see where this is going yeah, yeah it I is like absolutely designed where you're pulling six cards at a time you're like wow like this has worked out for me i'll scout four times that leaves five bears let's just take all those you know <laughs> and and what's neat is that if you take and so the children 
have are from two different tribes at a time. So it okay. might say purple and orange. You know, and I normally play as the orange player in this game. And so, for example, if you were purple in this game, if I took this, um, it would be worth points for me. But if, let's say, somebody else took it, uh, if you took it, for example, the orange and purple, well, I'm still going to get a point for every orange symbol on anybody's board. Okay. So you're scoring if, if your symbol is on the tribes, which is fine. But then there's also spirits and rights. <laughs> Spirits are endgame scoring. It'll say, like, a bonus point for every seal you have or a bonus point for every warrior you have, etc. And then there's rights, which are immediate effects. It's like everybody who has more game, uh, one of the animals, than you discards two of their game. Oh, my God. I can't tell you enough how, how satisfying this game is. It works so well. The art is on point. This is... Honestly, giving some of my games on this list even a real big run for its money. Nice. And since you recently played it um, beforehand, we can actually count this for next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was absolutely fantastic. And I am going to continue playing it. Oh, it, nice. It's, it's so good. I It's rare that I get the craving to play a game after I've played it. But I've already played this game twice in the past two weeks, and I want to play it again. It's really good. <laughs> It's so satisfying how it works. So, anyway, that's enough of that. That's Inuit, the Snowfolk. Ah, nice. Uh, So, my next game on my list is a game that I've been hearing a lot about, and I want to try it, because I like Rollin' Rights. I really enjoy them. And everybody keeps talking about this. Mainly, Z Garcia is the one that pushes this one a lot. And I found a copy of it on that same Bookman's trip. And so, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to pull the trigger and grab this one. And that is Saint Malo. And I have to say... I really dig that game for like a city building game. That's a rolling right. And just like the, the different, like, okay, I need to make sure I build up my walls because it's going to help me defense because you keep popping the, the freaking pirates to go off. I really did. <laughs> oh my God. I I rolled so many pirate dice on that. So I was like, okay, I need to save these because I need to get my, my, um, my, uh, what you would call it, my shields and everything to, to start negating all the pirates that are coming out. Because if you lose cannons, that's negative points. And because of you rolling the pirate dices, you ended up winning because it, I lost three cannons and lost 15 points. Yeah. I, I didn't cause the destruction, but I definitely invited it into the, <laughs> into the town. But I, I like the fact that you do a Yahtzee style game where you're rolling it three times and trying to get combos. But you, what I like about it is that you can only get one choice. So yeah. even if you roll combos of things, so you say you roll two of these, two of these, and one other die. You got to choose, are you going to go with the two citizens or are you going to go with the uh, two walls to build up your walls and stuff like that? Because, yeah, you're not going to get any points if you build up your walls right then and there. But maybe once you complete a line of walls, you're going to get a reward. Mm -hmm. So that could be handy. Or do I take the lumber because I can use the lumber for something later in the round? I'm not going to get points right now, but that lumber can get me more points later on. So it makes a lot of smart choices because not only do you got to take something effectively for right now, but you're setting yourself up for future possibilities. And I, I, I dig that with this one for, especially for a roll and write. I do have a complaint, mind you, because mine's an old copy. <laughs> the dry erase markers were just soaking into those player boards. Well, they weren't dry erase. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were, um, erasable markers. Markers. They yeah. They weren't dry erase. They weren't supposed 
that what as it dried up it disappeared like <laughs> yeah disappearing ink markers. <laughs> yeah it was crazy but yeah i really really enjoyed this one uh, i want to play it again i want to play with a bigger player count just to see how much shenanigans go in there especially with the uh the pirates popping off all the time and you're not yep. getting your walls defended so yeah no but my next uh, what i played was saint malo very good and uh answer the question by punch a look uh, this week, our topic is the best games that we've played over the past year, which this is the ending of our two-year Se- anniversary, yep. our second year of this running this podcast, so we thought we would review that. Yeah, and we got one more anniversary episode for the second year, which will be next week, and uh, that's going to be an interesting one. We'll talk about it a little later. That's right. So, my last one that I wanted to talk about that I've been playing was, it. I, it's basically Dominion. And it's basically Agricola. And it's basically through the ages. I played Copycat. Where the idea of this game is very simple. Copycat is by Freedom and Freeze, which we all know as the Mad Scientist board game. Um, which out really of design, or, or he, publishing designs, that's good. Yeah, well, I mean, he comes up with definitely different concepts. And say what you will, I know a lot of them are misses for you. But... He, he's one of the few people that are willing to try something new. And that I appreciate. And so uh, the original title, the reason it's called Copycat is because it couldn't you couldn't translate it. Uh, a lot of his titles tend to start with F. Yeah. But um, the original saying in, in Germany roughly translates to adorn oneself with another person's feathers. So basically to make yourself sound awesome by the accomplishments of other people. Yeah. And it's a political game where you are running for president or running for political <laughs> office and you are using these uh, these adornments from other politicians and you're trying to gain the most points by doing so. But what it the reason it's also called copycat and, and why why that it's not just the theme or the storyline of what you're playing. He literally took parts of other people's games and combined them into one cohesive game. It sounds like it would be a mess, honestly. Yeah. But he has deck building, like in Dominion. He has worker placement spots, like in Agricola. He has other other different things that happen. Like, I, I believe the card river that he has is, like, through the ages in how it works. Um, yeah, oh, man. This game is awesome. <laughs> I had... A, I like he took really great parts of all of these games and combined them in a really satisfying way. There was by the end of the game, we we were consistently getting twenty points a turn, like <laughs> just like by able to put out the workers by our deck combinations by the way everything flows together. It works really well. So some of the quick things, uh, if you know if you don't know Dominion deck building, uh, basically you all start with the same deck, and you're you're building up from there. Um, that's not that interesting. A lot of the cards you can use during different phases, like you could either play it to put out more workers, draw more cards, get money to buy better cards, etc. But in order to buy cards, you have to put out a worker to buy cards, which is some of the worker spots. Every round, you get a new spot, which this is okay. the Agricola worker mechanism. Every round, it adds one more location that gets increasingly better and better throughout the game. And so, of course, only one person can go there. However, at the end of the round, during cleanup, any spots where nobody went to gets a victory point token added to it, thus increasing the value of everything that's on the board that wasn't used prior. So you might be able to stock up on some victory points, which was a very fair strategy. 
And then the 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 card row, uh, the first four spots don't have any increase of value. But the deck is set up in a way where it's uh, like phase one, two, three, four, and then five. Okay. And so those get increasingly better. No, no. <laughs> they get increasingly better with the cards, but they're a little pricier. But the earlier the cards come out, the more expensive they're going to be. But there's also other like silly cards, like tongue-in-cheek ones. like that. They're all printed on toilet paper. It's like high school diploma, um, literacy degree. Like, like just different. It's all really tongue-in-cheek. It's like, oh, yeah, political speaking career. <laughs> this is printed on toilet paper. If you buy anything to the right of those red cards, you must take the red cards with you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that that row doesn't refill until the end of the round, where everything slides on over. Oh man! And the, my favorite part about all this is that all the cards have a number somewhere, like up to sixty in their number. And at the beginning of each round, obviously, turn order is a huge important why, factor. Why do you get all crazy with Freeman Freeze no, games? No, but hear this: the, the the turn order is incredibly important. So you have to take. Everybody takes a single card from their deck, or from their hand of cards, and you all reveal it and compare. Whoever bids the highest gets to go first, but you have to discard that card. Well, the better cards have the higher number, <laughs> so that is such an impactful choice. It's like, man, I really want to go first. Am I going to drop my like mega lobbyist and just not draw three extra cards this turn because I'm not doing this like like <laughs> propaganda? In order to get first place, which will let me do this, which will let me choose this, which will let me get... It's so good. I can't tell you enough how great it is. Um, it, when did it come out? It came out, I think, in 2012 or 2013. Um, I don't think it's easily obtainable here in the United States. I got It was printed through Robinsberger. Yep. But, um, I mean, it has Freedom and Freeze's cover on it. And it says, yes, we play. And it, it's obviously a spoof on uh, Barack Obama's like poster, the Hope poster. Yeah. It's... It's so ridiculous. It's so over the top. But man, this is this is one of those. This and Inuit are the two that hands down it should be in my list for the past year. Mm. Had I played them like maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> now you have at it. Uh, I I don't know. I, I keep wanting to try Friedman Freeze games, no. but every time I do, there only one of them really hit for me. This one, I think you would. I mean, you've liked everything else. Like take like you've liked. Agricola, eh, I mean, yeah, fair. Yeah, you like to fair. You like deck builders. Oh yeah, yeah. And everything else that adds on to it, he he found all of the best parts and found a way to combine them in a really cohesive, smart way that works really well. And that's part of the humor in it too, because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so good. Um. Anyway, I will stop talking about Copycat. <laughs> highly, highly encourage it. If you find one in the wild, buy it, play it. You'll love it. Quit hitting my chair. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Going into my final game that I've been playing. It's one that you talked up a lot, and it's yeah. by one of our favorite designers that we're getting uh, every practically every game for him that we can find for him. And it's not that one. Neither of the designers? Neither of those designers. It's the bigger designer that we both collect. Ooh, Feld, huh? Feld. I All finally right. played Castles of Tuscany. Finally! I finally played it. Finally! And I'm... <laughs> I can see why you're struggling if this is going to unsee Castles of Burgundy. Yeah. What I really like about it and the timer. the It is one of the smartest timers for a board game I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. So the timer is for each round when someone finishes their entire, like, because uh, you have 21 chits and you put them into a rows of seven for round one, round two, round three. And so every time you take a chit out of the, the, the supply, you have to feed it 
to that supply so someone else could yep. pick it up. So that's the round uh, marker where you're just taking your stuff off. So yeah, maybe you want to kind of make it fast. But it's also handy because now you have more options. If you're not the one that triggered the in round, you still have yours in there so you have more chances of finding out what you're going to get. I think that is smart. It takes the dice rolling out of it completely. I also like the fact of that you have like a variable sort of setup because you get an A, B, and C, and you can set up however you want. They just have to be long, long lengthwise. Yep. So they have to be – there's a form that they have to fit, but you can turn it around, kind of bunch up however you want. I like the variable setup. Um, I love the the choices like, oh, should I get this extra chit or should I get or should I get this to give me an extra card to draw up because your cards are basically what you need for the land instead of um, the dice rolls. Yeah. Uh, you still have to follow the rule that you have to build after off a tile that's already been built, but yep. and you still have the rule of completing uh sections so if you complete a section you get bonus points so if it's a three section you can get six points extra so it comes out to like nine points or something like that oh my god this is so well done art could be better but it's better than castles of burgundy i'll tell you that much you can tell all of the colors in the different categories apart but oh my god it is a phenomenal game i really really liked it i love the it really does streamline castles of burgundy yes Makes it go quite quicker too, but in, in not in a way where it yeah, yeah, replaces yeah. it. Yeah, right? no, no, no. I mean, it it stands on its own as its own game, but it gives you that same that same flavor. Yeah, that that was included in Castles of Burgundy, but Castles of Burgundy takes a while too. Yeah, like a two player game of Castles of Burgundy to play for the incomplete thing, it could take an hour and a half to two hours. I think for a first time playthrough with me and the Gamehead Geek over at TikTok, we played it in probably forty five minutes to an hour, and he's sitting there like, "Huh, I'm gonna have to pick that up." And so, yeah, it's really good because it's right. it's much simpler than Castles of Burgundy because it's easier to explain than, okay, you got to wait because he's going to choose these dice and this this right. section. All the stuff that you have in your control is what's going to do. So yeah. you can spend the cards to buy an area. And I also like the fact that you can use other cards to help you. Yeah, the two to so one. If, two to one ratio, it, which means you can do four cards to pay for one land if it's really important for you to get it out there. Yes, agreed. And so real quick – uh we have so very wrong about games saying I really want to play Fresh Fish. I just looked it up right now by Freedom and Freeze. Absolutely, I couldn't have, I couldn't agree more. Um, then also we have. Give me one moment. Yeah. So uh, just putting someone on timeout. There okay. we go. All right. Cool. So we also have uh, Punch a Wook. Yeah, who is saying I'll keep an eye open for it. And the next big game I want to pick up is XCOM, the board game. I can imagine how good the game transla- translated into big form. And wasn't that um, Emerson Matsuchi who made XCOM, the board game? I might be wrong on that. I think so. I don't know. I I, I yeah. want to try XCOM. I haven't played it, though. Yeah, we've definitely had had opportunity to do it. Absolutely. Cool. Well, so that's the games that we played over the past week or two. Um, definitely some highlights. I, I'm very, very much excited. Oh, Eric Lang, yes. Yeah. Eric Lang was the one who made that. Yeah. But uh, I've heard really good things. I knew we used to sell it back in the day, and we've only sold the one copy, and I don't think we have since. So <laughs> we'll just have to see. Yeah. So let's get onto our actual list. What games were our favorite in the last year That's right. since we start? Well, since their second year started for this yeah. podcast. Now I have a caveat. I don't have these in any particular order. 
Um, I, I just thought about it. Yeah, I just put them in the order of what I like the most, and, and this saying something because I my number five I really really enjoyed, but also like my surprise with them too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I went roughly chronological, but even that has some variability. So we're going to talk about eight games each mm-hmm. about games that we've played over the past year, and of course next year we're going to do the same list, you know, yeah, just to highlight some of the big ones. And uh, this way, I, I feel like this is also a really important list because listeners who listen to this and go, okay. Well, obviously, like, if, if, as an example, is so very wrong about games, um, looking at, you know, Fresh Fish, obviously he likes some Freedom and Freeze style games and stuff. So maybe if he aligns more with my style, then the games I suggest is other ones that he could look into. Or, um, or vice versa, you know, if you're not yeah. a fan of uh, Freedom and or like more of a fan of whatever you end up bringing up, then that I've always appreciated like top 10 lists. And, and so you can kind of align yourself with the different reviewers and say, oh, okay, well, this person, all the same games I like, that's why I want to, any suggestions that they make, probably a good, a good sign. Yeah, uh, that's the caveat. I mean, <laughs> it's honestly, weird, I know, but yeah, for me, it's just, it's what I played in the last year that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, it, it had to, now we're, I'm going to do a quick, a couple shout outs for games that sure. didn't make this list one, because I played them before. Gloomhaven is my most played game the past year. Yep. I, I've been playing the the storyline with the wife, and we've had a great time playing it. Mind you, we've taken a little break because it was a bit intense. I think we had like 30 or 40 games or something like that in the last year. So taking a little break. We've been playing other games with some friends too. So, um, And then there was one other game that I wanted to talk about that didn't hit my list. Oh, uh, Dune Imperium. Um, it just missed out. I think it was on my la- list last year. But I just got the expansion, and it's sleeved, and I want to get it to the table eventually. <laughs> right. Good deal. Yeah, a couple that I want to point out real quick. Um, Pappy Winchester. That, that, one, that one's really good. That yeah. almost made my Surprising. list. Surprising. Uh, Seven Wonders Architects. I, I do want to try that yep. one. And Red Cathedral, which I found out I played in January of last year. Oh, and I really want to play that one. Yeah. I now have a copy. All right. It's we'll have to check it out. But, I mean, you want to also get our legacies done, That's too. That's true. I, I'm the only one here? Come on now. <laughs> We're sitting on so many legacies right now. All right, let's start this off. Our number eight. Hey, hey I get to start it out. And my number eight, hey, I just talked about a Stefan Feld game. And this is another Stefan Feld game I'm going to talk about. In fact, it's one of my favorites now of his. It's probably one of my top four, maybe, okay. of all of his games. Because I really dug it. And this is Cocopelli. Fast little card game. Well, not really fast, but... Quick for yeah, Stefan Feld. Yeah, it is. It's fast <laughs> uh, and so you're playing into your neighbor's areas as well as yours. So, like, if me and Danny are sitting right here, I got the two over here plus the two that he has. And then if I have, like, my mutual fr- or our friend TikTok uh, on TikTok, uh, Gamehead Geek, um, he's got his thing. So I can play over here, but I got to make sure what I'm playing isn't started in any of my play areas. So, like, if you put out the drummers on your side and... Uh, the TikTok, uh, the Gamehead Geek over here has his, um, I don't know, the Warriors out there. I can't start a Warrior, um, celebration in my line, my dance step. So it's just, it's kind of like, okay, I gotta play smart. It takes a little bit to figure that out. And I will not deny that fact. It takes a little bit. Once you do, you're like, wow. Yeah. Cause then you have an incentive <laughs> to score other people's stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. They'll get a point. 
but you also get the higher point value that yep. you scored of something that they because, had, and now that clears up the option for you to play it. And get that awesome. started going. Yeah, it is, it's so smart. It's a nice card game. I really, really enjoy it. I like the artwork in it. For a queen game, it's not bad artwork. Yeah. I understand some people are like upset about it because it's like he's German and he's uh, paying uh, tribute to Southwestern designs and the Cocopelli and stuff like that. But he went through there and yeah, talked he, about all this situ with, with them. And then he's like, okay, now I got to understand it. And that's what he's yes. putting out there. Yeah. And I he like was it. inspired by actually yeah. Southwestern culture. And we live in the Southwest. Cocopellis are everywhere. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I work for a company where we go to people's houses to install appliances and you see the Cocopelli probably four, three to four out of every ten houses yes. out here. It yeah. is it is highly popular out here. Yeah, absolutely. And so much the point. Remember a number uh, about a year ago before we knew about this game? Yeah. I even told you, I was like, I wonder if somebody's ever going to make a game about Cocopelli's because it's such a prominent thing around here. And, and it, sure enough, it, it took a German to do it. <laughs> it took a German to do it. And but it, no, it, but I, it happened. And it was because he got inspired by it when he was doing one of the conventions out yeah. in this area. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, that's nice, or really nice. And he went to look out it, on it, stuff like that, and learn about it. And it's just, and then the game is just fun. Mind you, honestly, the, the game itself, you could put a theme any way, no. shape, or form on this. It could be like dance troops fighting it out. Right. It would still work, but it's just, it's a smart game. It plays really well. I enjoyed it. I need to try the expansion with it just to yes. see what those cards do. It's just more abilities. That's yeah, all it, is. <laughs> it really all it is. Needs. But I really like it. So my number eight was Cocopelli. Good pick. Very good pick. I don't know right. why I'm flipping the card. So my number eight is technically three games. And I, I'm lumping these together because these are my one-time play games. Mm-hmm. Um, it includes Box One is one of them. It also includes um, Echoes, uh, the Dancer specifically is the one I played, and also Cantaloupe Breaking in a Prison, um, which is like a point-and-click style game. Yeah. Um, who I thought was made by Freedom and Freeze. Or Freedom and... Uh, Freedom and Freeze. Yeah, Freedom and Freeze. Um, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was by somebody else who has a very it's freedom in something else that also starts with an F but no that, that's basically a point and click adventure they're all very different games um, one if you like point and click adventures uh, Cantaloupe was absolutely awesome there is some great humor in it um, I will I will give one slight spoiler so if you don't want to hear about this skip ahead like I don't know 20 seconds but and it doesn't change the story at all however <laughs> The the spoiler is that you can unlock achievements that have no effect on the game by either really smart or really dumb methods. And it will congratulate you. It's like, congratulations, you unlocked this by being either really smart or really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and you know which one you picked. It, the humor in it is one of the funniest things I've ever, I've ever had. So Cantaloupe was really great. I rarely sit down for like eight hours by myself to play a game. That I absolutely did. Oh, I do it all the time with video games, so I can't really say it. Exactly. No, it's great. And then, of course, Echoes was a really cool idea because you're you're trying to solve the stories. By yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns. Move on to the next one because that's the one I want to talk about. Yeah. Well, well you gotta you gotta <laughs> solve the story by listening to audio clips of like it's basically a movie. You just don't need the visuals. Yeah. It, it's really great uh, f- sound foley that they use. It you, it's very clear what everything's doing. Everything was well thought out. It's less of a game and more of just this cool interactive puzzle experience. Really fun. But box one. Oh my god. Box <laughs> one. That 
That's the been, these three are on the list. I've been hesitant in fighting you with this one. It's been a while. By the yes. way, you didn't take it home with you. I know I need to. But, uh, oh, God. This didn't make my list because, um, honestly, I probably may save this for next year because it falls within that window we're right. talking about. But, mm, yeah, I, I agree with you on this one. This yeah. this was good. This was really good. This is, and I still stand by this, the best escape room in a box experience I've had. And that's saying I love the Unlock series. I love the Exit series. I really like escape room in a box. Those are great quality. This tops all of them. Yeah. Better story, better components, great love simple humor. puzzles. There's less fun puzzles. Okay, I'll give it that. Like, I like some of the puzzles and some of the other stuff better. Yeah. But better humor, better better I don't premise, know. I, I, better I don't production, hate, just all of it. I it's, don't hate the puzzles in this one. There are some really good puzzles. Some, it, they're fine. There's yeah, they're some good. difficult ones, too. There are. There are. It's, it's, not, it's not a wash. I'm just saying, like... I, what I like about this one as well, it's because it's like, you have the internet, use it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if you don't know the answer to a riddle we're telling you... Yeah, go ahead. Google it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Right, where it's like other games like, no, don't go online or else. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cheating. No, no, seriously. <laughs> this, they they thought of all of it, and it works really well, and I'm glad I finally coerced Have you, you got the, the deck of cards? Oh, the Neil Patrick Harris deck of cards. Yeah, because there's a, a like an escape room game in them as well. I've I've heard about that. I have not bought his cards yet. 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 No, I I just got the email for it because uh, you can register with the after you do everything successfully. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, no, I I dug this. I love everything about this game and what it did. I'm just sad I can't relive it again. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's That's so the good. only worst part about all these one-time plays is that you can't recapture that energy. All you can do is hand it to yeah, somebody someone else. and say, tell me when you're done. Yeah, no. we're going to talk. Yeah, because, really um, what is it? The Like, exits or unlocked. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that was nice. It was good. It was yeah. fun. And especially, like, for escape rooms in this one, it's just like the, the shock and awe with this thing this one little thing did mind you you can play it two players it is for me the perfect solo game yes and i tore through it in two days just because i'm like all right fine i'm gonna get through it it took me a little bit it's like okay i read the rules i read what i had to do and i just kept something came up yeah yeah or not like on purpose but like yeah i just kept you kept procrastinating yeah. to get it done. And then when I was finally like, just do get it done. I'm like, all right, fine. You're like, fine. fine. I, I, Shut up, Danny. Well, the thing it. is, I came it. in here, did uh-huh. some editing. While the stuff was going, the box was there. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Started going through it again. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. All right, all right. And then oh. like one time, oh. there's something that oh. happens and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is not what I thought. Oh. And it's funny because this game knows people will try to do it in one shot. It it does something where you're like, no, you take a break. Yeah, it's like, you take a break. You're good. <laughs> because I literally sat here for a few hours. Mind you, my editing was done. I was in here for a yeah. few hours working through this. So yeah. it was, yeah, it's one of my favorite experiences, hands down. And yeah, no, it's now, just... now I think our next uh, target is going to be Gamehead Geek, and I'm going to hand him my copy. Yeah, because you're the third person to play this copy, by the way. <laughs> you are the third person. I mean, uh, Jim. I was going to say you probably gave it to Jim yeah, first. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, I gave it to him first. But 
No offense. So oh, no, no, I know. He's your... He, yeah, me you guys him, have an escape and room and a box kind of game. <laughs> company, yes. So it made sense for us to do it. What do you think of it? Oh, he, he was enamored with it. Yeah, he I absolutely love it. loved it. Now, I do, I do have to give like this... <laughs> well, I he had other things to. going on, all right? No, no, I mean, like, not just to play it. I mean, he didn't wait during that part you were referencing earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he chose not to. I was like, yeah, that's probably fine. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he did it anyway, and it worked really well. Yeah, so I was just like, no, I'm, I am I needed that break because I was like, why am yeah. I hungry? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was, I was yeah, I, I did not eat the entire time playing it, and I should have. It yeah, was worth no, it. It was worth it. I really enjoyed it. And the thing is, I don't have a big desk, so I was in here doing the editing. I played it all on this desk. It takes up some space, but yeah, not a lot. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. Very cool. All right. So that was your number eight. That's right. Going so, on to our number seven. Daniel, start us off. All right. So my number seven is talking about another one of our favorite designers that we really enjoy. The one that you were about to pull out. And that was <laughs> uh, Phil Walker Harding. And this one is my go-to deck builder. To teach people deck building. This is probably the easiest game to teach people to, um, when they're, if they're not familiar with deck building. And this is Summer Camp. I remember you bought your copy. You said Phil Walker Harding. We we're like, all right, let's pause game night. I, I, I bought it. And not I only had I saw it at the store. I looked at it. I was like, oh, this is a Phil Walker Harding too. And so I bought it immediately no, before no, no. I ever told you, you guys about it. You ordered it. it. Ordered oh, yeah, it. I ordered and picked it, it up. Online. To pick it up, and I and it what I purposefully did not tell you guys it was a Phil Walker Harding because I sent you a picture. I said Phil Walker Harding at Target, go get it. No, 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 because uh, I was there when you ordered it. You, you're getting this stuff. That was that was uh, our mutual friend Dom that you told yeah. it to. Yes, we were playing game night over there, and you're like, dude, they have it in here. So you ordered it online. We stopped what we were doing, went to Target, picked it up. That's yeah, when I picked brought up, it back. Uh, That's right. I picked up a game there too. I think it was the Goonies. Yeah. Uh, and so we brought it back. We played it, and I had to go and order a copy. And then we had a running <laughs> gag the entire night, which was like every time you looked, it was like, in someone oh, else's no. bag. <laughs> hey, Creative Chaos. Uh, so yeah, oh. it's yeah, it's so very wrong about games and Lava Land. I do own it. Also I have to play one. it. I know you haven't played it yet. No, uh, but Summer okay. Camp. Oh man, I like it. I love the theme on it. It's just a nice little deck builder race game where you're just trying to get your campers across the way. It's variable because it's got like different card decks that you can play in the game as well. Yeah, I adore this game. I actually needed to get back to the table because I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So that, cool. my number seven is Summer Camp. Very good. Good choice. My number seven is a game that we first heard about. I mean, we heard about it prior to it. But we, I, I purposely did not look too much into it until we interviewed the owner of the company. And this is the Night Cage. Mm. We talked with Kurt Covert, who owns Smirk and Decker Games on our podcast. And I figured this was going to be on your Yeah, list. and he told us about this. I'm like, okay. You know, he definitely has a great style. Uh, he has a great knack for finding just some of the best um, games that I've ever seen. You know, like it, and like they don't have to be like the best ones. It, it's a darn shame he does not have an evergreen yet. That's that's the problem. Is he doesn't have the single game that's synonymous with his with his product line. Yeah. And when he does, he will absolutely have earned it, and he deserves he deserves. Honestly, it. I could see because Night Cage doing it. Night Cage was so good because people are talking a lot about Night it. Cage was so good, and and it's not even like I don't want to say it's a great game because it's not that great of a game. It's like it's okay, it works well. Yeah. But how well it elicits that. Like nervousness, emotions, um, like 
oh, it's so good. I, every tile, you don't want to pull it, but you know you have to pull that tile. And then, so you're like, man, I really wish we could discard these tiles. But then when you do discard the tiles, when the wax eaters hit you, you're like, oh no, this is probably something good. <laughs> like, you immediately re- retract that statement. You're like, I want to discard all these tiles, get them over with. No, but you don't at the same time. Oh goodness, this is going to now be a staple every Halloween. I am playing this game. It's so good. I'm still going to try this one. I love the graphics, by the way. The the graphic design and the art on it, the black and white, very simple. Um <laughs> it it just gets better and better. It see I, growing up I want I saw the uh books, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Do you remember yeah. those? Yep. I've always loved that style. And I this isn't exactly spot on, but it's not far from it. <laughs> you know, it's a little more it's a little more refined and creepy, uh, less freeform, but it's still really, like, it's not a comfortable look. Yeah. It looks unfortunate. And Creative Chaos was nice enough to point out, I swear more and more games appear in the background every time I watch. Yep, that is not wrong. The only thing is, I just did a calling, too. <laughs> that's, a, that's the issue. You came back with just as many. Yeah, we that was that was a honeypot, I'll I, tell you. I was the only one who, who came back with fewer games, and by a significant margin... But you still came at, back with more but than I you normally do. I went with 58. <laughs> and I came back with 16. I think I, came, I left with like 16 to 19, somewhere in that range, and I came back with 11. Yeah, and no, it's not your imagination whatsoever. I'm noticing, I'm feeling the weight of the games just existing behind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one. All right, our number six. <laughs> All right. That was a weird one. Yeah, Go ahead. Uh, so I'll start off. Um, we have our first crossover. Ah, Cocopelli. Cocopelli, yeah. <laughs> and and so I completely agree with everything you say. I like how it works. I love it. It's a Feld. And you might replace it. Really? Yes. Wow. What do you mean, like, replace it? It's not a Feld, so it's not I know. going It's anywhere. not going anywhere in my country. <laughs> but I mean, like, if given the option. You would choose Inuit. Ah, I might choose Inuit. I don't know. So they both do some things really well. Yeah. Um, where... What Inuit lacks is is deep strategy. But okay. What it what its advantage is is that it's super combo tastic. Nice. Which is fun. But Stefan Feld has a very legitimate strategy in it. Like wanting to complete other people's things is a really yeah is a really deep consideration. Exactly. And especially if you're trying to clear it up for yourself, or if you're just trying to complete it to get the points, um, and to stop them from getting the benefit. Or, yep. Or like all kinds. One of the funniest things is, like, if you were sitting to my right and you complete one of mine, like, all right, fine. And then I play it again <laughs> the very next turn. It's one of the funniest things that can happen. And it's happened and it several happened times. several times in that game. And it just works. It's so good every single time. That's a joke that doesn't get old. Kind and, of and the thing is, we were giggling the whole time. I, I, I can remember, um, and I'm going to get a little... Uh, uncensored on this one so it's pg-13 but every time we did it to you the game head geek on tiktok you'd be like you son of a bitch yeah every time (laughs) he would constant every single one that he closed of mine i would play it right after or it happened at least four times or my person now mind you i didn't do anything to the game head geek he was sitting across from or like uh like caddy corner for me so i don't mess with him at all Mm -hmm. but it was like you son of a and then uh damn it dom (laughs) because dom would do it as well so it's just yep just every single time that game is so good i mean it fell there's reason it made my list I was excited before I had it. I was excited when I had it. I'm still excited now that I have it and have played it. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this that game. But I need to show you when you win now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number six, 
is one I, I you found it okay. You weren't too thrilled with it. I think you okay. need to play it with a higher player count. I think okay. you'll like it more. I do feel wonders duel. <laughs> no, uh, I do think it feels better with because it gets more tight knit in the game. So Magic you're, Gathering. No, it is Cape May by Thunderworks Games, oh, yeah. okay. and this one it's beautiful. It's probably one of their better production games. Yeah, it, it's great production. Um, yeah, yeah, I know your your gripe with the board, which is weird because I can actually see it. And I'm usually the one that struggles with yeah. the board colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, our other friend that I showed it to, he really, really enjoyed it. I think it's a phenomenal game. I like the fact that you're moving across the board, um, you're spinning your cards, and I like that if you want to go slow, you got to pay for it, but if you want to go fast, you got to pay for it, too. Yep. So maybe you want to kind of go middle ground. I like the, the bird watching. I know you have an issue with the scoring because it just doesn't match up for you uh, when it comes to the tokens. It's like the different tokens. You're like, this should be a different number. I don't remember that. It it is, but it isn't because there's a section where you have grass and dirt like right on top of each other. Yeah, and there it's easier to pick up. Are either uh, brown, lighter brown, green, or gray? Yeah, so the gray is fine, and the lighter brown is fine. It's just because the the lighter brown and the green are what mess with me. Really, because it's the darker the dirt section, which is the darker brown, and the grass section, which is the green that. They all look the same, except for the gray, ironically enough, did not look the same. Yeah, because it's so, it's like sandy and stuff like that. It's, I had a great time with this one. I like the choices that you get in this game. When you're building up the properties and putting those, uh, those plastic pieces on the board, it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. I like the different scoring capabilities. I like the different choices of your actions, because you can do three actions and it's like a list of five or six that you can do. Mm-hmm. I find this a gorgeous game. It's not the best game out of Thunderworks. I still think I like uh, role player the most. I really want to try role player adventure, but I was surprised with this one because I'm only familiar with Thunderworks with their role player stuff. Right. And this is totally out of their uh, realm. Yes. And I really had a great time with it. And to the point where I'm looking forward to their next game that they're showing off right now, and that's Ten Penny Park, which goes on pre-order. Okay. Um, actually. In a couple days, like I think Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday. Very cool. Yeah, no, I mean I didn't hate it. I did like it. It's just it. It was okay. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I, I wasn't enamored with it, but I do. So I've played I never, it, I've never disliked anything Keith has made. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've played like it twice players. with two player, and I played it once with four player, and I think I preferred that the four player one because it just things get tighter on there because yeah. you're losing spaces and you're like, okay, I need a gun and run to get to a section that I need to. Right. Now, so I, I do think higher player count actually makes this game better. Interesting. All right, our number five, excuse me. All right. Allergies are hitting me. I'll be starting this off. My number five is uh, one that I'm, I'm assuming will probably show up on your list later. I don't know that for sure. But it is a game that right after I showed you how to play it, took us longer to, longer to learn how to play <laughs> it than it did to play. <laughs> and, uh, yep, right... Right off the bat, you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, it's it's such an ingenious little puzzle. Um, it, it you're shifting around tiles to get fruit. You trade in the fruit to get either milkshakes, other tiles, or sailing ships to get points. That's a game. Yeah. Sounds boring, but when you shift a tile, you shift it as many spaces as you want or that are available. And every time you move it, that's how many times you get to take that action that's on the tile. The five you start with are just five different kinds of fruits that you get to trade in for points. 
Afterwards, though, as you sail away your ships, which by trading in fruit you get points, that opens up spots on your board to slide things even farther, which makes it even more of a puzzle, which makes it so satisfying, which means every single time you play it, there is more and more and more options for what is available. Now, we did end up playing it at, at the advanced mode uh, a few weeks ago. Okay. And it works. It's fine. It wasn't anything... It, it didn't add anything to it, but also didn't detract anything from it. So in the advanced mode, you have um, like this fruit thing where, <coughs> excuse me, where you're moving your discs along and you pay fruit to either get points or get extra little abilities or to gain other like victory points in different ways. Okay. That's it. Um, it's not complicated. It's easier to bring that in, but it's perfectly fine without it, honestly. It I, know, I, it. I really like the easy mode or yeah, the, the, the non-advanced mode. Yeah, it was fine. And I actually, the and I won handily on that game because everybody else was focusing on that track, and I almost entirely filled my board with the extra bonus tiles. That was my whole premise, is I had like all my tiles bunched into one little corner, <laughs> and everything else was pre-built that I couldn't deal with anyway. It was hilarious. No, I, I, I dig that game. Well, we may talk about it a little later. Let's see. Ooh. Yeah, uh, moving on to my number five. I don't know if this is going to be on your list. But it should. And this is The Lost Ruins of Arnak. I checked my stats and I actually played it within the second year twice. <laughs> and so oh. this qualifies. And I think it's the reason why it's so it's moving so far up this list. In fact, it could easily make it to like my number one. Well, not of all time, but in, on this list because of the expansion. The leaders... For Lost Ruins of Arnak, make that game. I would not play without those leaders because it gives people a focus. Right. Instead of, you know, playing the generic, oh, you can do over here or you can do over here. You can play on this track and figure out. No, this is like, hey, this character does really well if you start collecting stuff for buying items. Or this character does really well if you uh, use your bird smartly. Or, hey, you can get fear, but this guy allows you to do certain things. It gives you something to work for. Yeah. Uh, gives you a starting point itself, but I think with that expansion, it just made it phenomenal. The different uh, variables, abilities, uh, wow, wow, expansion name. Yeah, sure. It, yeah, it, <laughs> leaders yeah. and expeditions. Yeah, right, it does. Exactly. So I'm going to tell you, it's not on my list. Okay, and, and the reason being is because I have one gripe with this game, and it's not a gripe with the game too. It's a gripe with the people who play the game. <laughs> And let me tell you what that is. And it's a small detail. And it's the same reason why I don't like Wingspan as much as as much as a lot of people. It's because for some reason, the people who are really into this game, they're like, oh, yeah, this is easy to learn. And they're trying to teach non-hard hobby gamers. I strongly disagree. I, Wingspan is simpler than, like, I, Ross Rules. I would yes. say uh, Wingspan but, is, like, next step. It's just above, like, a welcoming yeah. game. When I see, I don't agree with that. I think it's mid-weight. Absolutely. And and I've had people say, yeah, it's light to medium weight for Lost Ruins of Arnak. It's like, no, no, it's medium to heavy. Yeah, there's exactly. a because, and the reason being is because there's a lot going on to it. So right. yeah, it's it's at its core, it's a deck builder. Yeah. So if you know how to play deck builders, you're fine. I would not start right. someone who's new into the hobby with this no. as a deck builder. That's why Summer Camp is on my right. list. Exactly. No, and that was my only ever argument against it is because is when people started saying, like, yeah, this is easy to get. Like, this is a great introductory game. No, no it's not. No, it's not. Now, like, I, if you think this is an introductory game, like, go back oh. to playing 40K 
Yeah. <laughs> Warhammer. Go back to playing like the like the epic war games from Avalon Hill, all right? The bookcase games. My, my Why thing do is, that? I would show this to someone who <laughs> or listed their games that they liked were like Viticulture or uh, – on my list over here, Viticulture or let's see – that's too simple, like terraforming Mars and stuff like that, because this is along the there the, where they want to go. It's it's heavier now. I would show this to newer uh, wingspan to newer gamers more than I would show yes, this one. I do agree with that. If 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 I had the choice of either of the two, I'm showing wingspan. But but I still would not show this to a new gamer unless I've had like yeah. I'm talking to somebody who yeah like, yeah just straight off the straight street. up like like my mom. I'm never going to show wingspan to oh, like, yeah. because she like. When Llama is a difficult game, like, because it's that much different than Uno, like, that that's what I'm talking about. Like, gamers like that. Well, don't, yeah, you, you don't show, show this a straight off the street. That's going to chase them away. Yeah, and I've had people who, who claim they're like, yeah, this is the best introductory game. It's like Wingspan, Lost Ruins. It's like, no, no, no it's Jamie not. Jamie Stegmeier and Elizabeth Hargrave says it's not right. a great introductory game. Now, I will say this about Wingspan. It's gotten a lot of people into the hobby because yes. they were birders before right. they, and they found this game. So, But that's not what I'm talking about. Lost Ruins of Arnak, though, I found this game okay. I really like Dune Imperium more because right. I, I like the combat system in it as well. And I'm familiar with the, the Dune um, yeah. series. Right. And see, but, I, and I care zero about the the backstory, so yeah. that's why I like this one better. And then, so I was like, okay, yeah, no, I, I if I would choose, I would choose Dune Imperium. Now with leaders and ex- expeditions, no, I, I yeah, I would probably pick the Lost Ruins of Arnak. However, I do have the expansion for Dune Imperium, so I want to see it, what that adds to that game. Because yeah. again, I am familiar with the lore. I really enjoy Dune. Yeah. Not in, but Lost Ruins of Arnak is just a smart game. Yeah. Cause it was my second favorite worker placement deck building game of this year. <laughs> what was the first? Copycat. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I knew you would hate this. It really uh, was that much. No, but I, 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 I find that I like deck building worker placement games it's a because great I. Mechanism. Yeah. Because I just pre ordered or I had pre ordered uh, Endless Winter, which uses that same mechanism. Yep. And so, yeah, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Phenomenal game. If you're a gamer, check it out. Yes. Number four. <laughs> Going into the next next category, you'll be signing us off. But if you're not a uh, gamer, uh, I will show you this one instead because I think it's a little simpler. And this is Raccoon Tycoon. Okay. Yeah. I think Raccoon Tycoon is even. It, what do you think is more difficult, Raccoon Tycoon or um, Wingspan? Raccoon uh, Wingspan. I think Wingspan is more, is more difficult. difficult. Yeah. Would you say that this is a me- Light. This is light to medium, right? Yeah, this is uh, light to medium. So would you say that Wingspan is a medium weight? I'll give you that. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I claim it as. Well, like, oh, so oh, for my, my, my reason is like it's light to medium, whereas Raccoon Tycoon's on the lighter side. Yeah, absolutely. It's I would medium. say Wingspan's closer to the medium. I think they're both light medium. It's just in that spectrum where it's going to go. I think Wingspan if goes towards... If you were averaging it, it rounds up to the near... <laughs> yeah. If you're rounding it up, then yeah, Wingspan yeah, goes this, to medium this one, where this, this one's going to light. Down. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. so Raccoon Tycoon, man, always getting me off topic when it comes to mine. I'm just throwing your list out. <laughs> Wait, What? <laughs> What always well, always throwing me off topic, so <laughs> <laughs> now you got to go find it. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Here I'll right. grab it here in a minute. But uh, Raccoon Tycoon, I have a great time with this game. I, in fact, I found the deluxe version when we went on to our book ministry. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm listening. <laughs> but 
it's it's a nice little economic game out there. It teaches you like, hey, for like a stock market game, mm-hmm. it does a phenomenal job because you're building uh, resources. You're trying to increase them, find the best time to sell them because when you sell them, it decreases mm-hmm. in price. It is so smart. I really, really enjoy it. I wish they supported it more because the you could only get the expansion if you got the Kickstarter. Luckily enough, I found a copy in the wild. <laughs> yeah, he he always has something with him on it. But it's it's so good. I really, really enjoy it. I think it's well designed, and I would show this to a new gamer. Yeah, I probably would too. I don't think this is so difficult that you can't. This is this is what people are talking about when they say wingspan is introductory. <laughs> no, they, they they really mean Raccoon Tycoon. That's yeah. that's all it is. Well, it's funny because there's a follow up copy. I want to try it, but it's like I heard people saying it's not as good as Raccoon Tycoon. Yeah, like Lizard Wizard. Lizard Wizard is yeah. what it's called. I don't know. Might be all right. Um, my number four. It that was your number four, right? Yep. My number four is another crossover. Summer camp. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's probably only our crossovers. Well, no, Maybe. we got we'll one see. more. We, we have, I we think we got one more. We'll see. Um, but <clears throat> summer camp. Yeah. Hands down. Everything you said. Agree. It's it's one of my favorite designers making a making a really simple uh, game, taking the core mechanism, streamlining it to the best way possible. It works really well. Did a great job. I don't have anything more to say with it other than I think the way that each of the different merit badges work, works really well. <coughs> Excuse me. And I like how the scores still decrease in every other game that he's made. Just like first one to get it gets top points, next one, second most, etc. But the fact that you're doing this in a deck building race style and the board has different options. And finally... The pieces and components, other than the cardstock, everything else is fantastically made. It doesn't get much better than what Buffalo Games has been doing lately. And now I'm curious to see what else might come out from Buffalo Games. I haven't heard anything in a while, but that's probably because they unloaded so many on the target all at once. <laughs> yeah. And they were all great quality. So, Buffalo Games, keep up your good work. Keep doing what you are doing because we, as gamers, really appreciate it. And please make an expansion to... For the summer camp, I want oh, more. Yeah. I want more merit badges. I really do. Oh yeah, uh, or just you know, all you got to do is build some more decks of cards too. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's all I want. Like, and I'll give, be a, happy give us like a pack that gives us like three more. Yeah, shut up and take my money. You know, like it's, it's yours. <laughs> Here like, you go. Like if you just tell me there's an expansion and don't tell me anything about it, it could be like I don't know, ice cream parlor or child labor. I don't know. Well, probably not child labor, but I would still hand you your money. And it's like, all right, whatever the expansion is, here's the money, I'm in. So that's my next one. Uh, so I'm moving on to... Oh, wait, no. We gotta flip the coin. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick. NPC Aaron says, Target mostly does retail settings three times a year, so everything kind of ends up in waves there. Yeah, I've noticed in a lot of the uh, a lot of the big ones, like this one, for example, tends to hit around summertime. That's when yeah, they yeah. really revamp the board games. To where they clearance out a lot of the old that, stuff. That always makes me excited because the clearance sales. Yeah, we always watch it all summer long. And <laughs> yeah. Go, okay. All right. Ooh, clearance sale. All right. Let's stock up a little bit. What's coming out? What's coming out? What's coming out? <laughs> and here's four more Phil Walker Harding all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. When they exactly. did Snakes and and uh, Tetris and when they did like all those, the golden ticket. Yeah. All, oh, man. This was a good year for Target and thank you for doing that. All right. Next round. 
hey, hey starting i'm starting this this is not a crossover maybe uh this is a my oldest game on my list here and it's only a few years old but i finally was able to find a copy in the wild uh-huh and that is paleo i dig this game honestly i could put this at number one but i i know for sure that my number one is my number one for a reason yep. it's also the most played one as well but paleo now there was a rule goof the first time we played it but even you were just like okay i like what this is doing this is yeah. smart now i played it with the rules and oh my properly and it, it just hits because i i definitely enjoyed it even with the rules goof but it, are you saying that it's still Hold its own. Oh yeah, with, with the full rules, it hits like at another level. It just, it's phenomenal. It's a little bit more difficult. I think we, mm-hmm. when I played it with the other group with the proper rules, we got three skulls and were able to just make that. Um, um, what is it? The cave painting. Oh yeah. It just, just barely. Yeah, just barely. It was, but it was because we were like, oh, God, we're not going to end up being able to feed our people. We're going to lose two. And then that loses the game because it's the five skulls. But yeah, it hit. It plays so well. It's a simple card game. The fact that you can play different scenarios with different cards and they do different things. And then you basically have a tableau. Where you're like, I don't really want to do this red one because it could be bad, but, you know, sometimes there's good stuff on right. them. But so I'm going to put them back in order on our deck and I'm going to do this because we need more stone. So I'm going to go to the mountain and see if I can collect some stone or we're going to need to go over there and get some food. So, you know, one of us must get stone. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> oh, God. Always throwing me off on mine. Go on. So Mine yeah, no, is a great place to get stoned, by the way. My uh, So my number three is Paleo, so I am done for the day. <laughs> my number three is a game that I have still only played once, and it's, it already made this list. Um, and that's because as soon as our mutual friend Dom showed me how to play it, and I played it once, that's all I needed, and I have since bought my copy and kick-started... The sequel, ah. and that's Almanac. Yeah, this didn't even hit my list. I didn't even think about it. I think I just skimmed over it. Yeah, it's and it caught my eye because, oh my goodness, I, I adore this game. I like how it's working. Resource management, work replacement, fulfilling contracts to get points. All of the stuff that you would want in a good Euro game, but that the way that the work replacement works after going from page to page to page and having all these different cool combinations, it just reminds me... In a weird way, it reminds me of like the overworld of like uh, the galaxy and uh, Star Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how you have multiple paths to get to the main planet. And this you kind of do too. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure in a way. And it's the players who have the most advantage at, uh, from the previous page get to choose what the next page you go to. Yeah. And how the different resources affect you in different ways. I think this game is awesome. And it is really just a fun time. Couldn't agree more with uh, anybody who backed it. Oh, yeah. I'm I backed it. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Yeah. I backed it for the sequel plus the original copy. And I was already a fan of Scott Alms before this. Yeah. But this, as as an independent designer, <laughs> Honestly, not the... I'm becoming more and more a fan of Scott Alms away from the Tiny Epic That's stuff. That's what I'm saying. It, like, I liked his Tiny Epic stuff. That's fine. I like but I never some. noticed much of, his en- much of anything else. Prior to this, and then after this, you know, you see, uh, like, all of the other ones that he's coming out with, and, like, Boomerang, and all these other really yeah, great games. Yeah, Boomerang is phenomenal. Like, it, and that just barely missed my list, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's on the outside. It's like an honorable mention yeah, for me. It's, it, like... it's so good. It, so, 
Thank you, Scott Holmes, for making this game, and uh, I can't wait to get the sequel. All right, number two. Number two. Speaking of number two, yeah, I will be going two. first. <laughs> All right, my number two is a game that I showed you that you even said barely missed this this list. And that's because I showed you this and its predecessor in the same day. I think it was in the same day. It's about hiking in nature. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, parks. Holy cow. No, it I, wasn't the same day. It was uh, follow-up weeks. Oh, okay. Follow either way. Yeah, yeah. it parks. One of the best productions oh, it's in a game. Production. The art is amazing, even down to the 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 paper stock that they use in the rule book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's All of it, phenomenal metal pieces, and the fact that UV you could get it in retail stores. Yes, yeah, so you can get it in retail. It's worth every single thing. It, yeah, in Creative Chaos, it's just simply called Parks. Parks. Yep. And it's about trekking through the national parks. You have two pods that start at the beginning of the trailhead. You're going to the end of the trailhead. You can move um, as far as you want on your turn, but you cannot occupy the same space held by another player. And you can move either of your two pieces on your turn. So if I see Daniel jumped ahead, he's out of the spot that I want. Well, I can just kind of wait it out and hope my other piece will take care of it. Or I could jump way ahead and get the spot that I really want, which you might be eyeing a little bit. And I yeah. need a guarantee. I just got to do it now. But then that's everything else I can't go back to do. Yeah. It when you play the first round of parks, it doesn't seem like you're gonna have enough time to even get like two or three uh, parks because it's like wow, there's only like two or three resources that come out every turn that you can get. There's no way I'm gonna fulfill one of these parks. Then you end the game and you have about you know baker's dozen to twenty easily, and you're like wow, how did I do this? Because you're buying equipment, you're buying a canteens, filling them with water and sunshine to do that. You have end game victory points. You're getting photos on the way. The way you move it, oh, everything. Oh, my God, parks. If you haven't played it, if you like Euro games, go get it now. Yeah, no, it's a phenomenal game. I really, really enjoy it. I've played it a couple times since then. Uh, I do want to get the expansion, or I have the expansion. I want to get it played. I Nightfall. do, um, It's It's phenomenal. Also, Trails is really good, too. Yeah. Uh, it, though, parks looks like a simple short game. It's not. It's not. It, you're going to be in there for about an hour or so, oh, if not more. more. Yeah. yeah. Depending on the player count, because if you play two players, it doesn't play that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, two players minimum an hour. Yeah. At least, yeah. I mean, if you're going a little long, it might be an hour and a half. I say realistically an hour and a half to two hours, for depending on the play count. Yeah, yeah no, but uh, it's phenomenal. I really enjoy this game. I like Trails as well. I prefer Parks over Trails. But if I want to get that Parks feel, I'll play Trails. Um, if I But I don't want to do like the full length time. Yeah. I'll play Trails because you can get a game of Trails. Uh, like, has your wife times. played either of these yet? Yeah, she likes both of them. Uh, she likes Trails just for the fact that it's 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 shorter. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, it's really good. All right. Oh, when... NPC Aaron, the, the collection that you see behind us is Daniel's here. So... Mind you wouldn't see wall space. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, are we moving... That's our number two, right? Yeah, that's our number two. Okay, so my number two is a crossover. Really? Yeah. You know which one. Yeah, Juicy Freaks. Everything you said about it, it's in my yep. top 100. Uh, the one with the hat. <laughs> and yep. so it is a phenomenal game juicy fruits is i like the little slide puzzle in fact that you're talking about it it took us like 30 minutes to get through the rules it took us about 15 to 20 minutes uh to 
play the game itself. So it is a phenomenal game. It's great production value as well. So I just picked up a copy for myself recently when we did our Bookman strip. I bought it at the um, the shop in Tucson. I can't think of the name now. Gadgets and uh, uh, games and gadgets. Games and gadgets in Tucson Mall. If you ever get a chance, go check it out. Juicy yeah, Fruits. Have it in the back. Yeah, Juicy Fruits, my number two. It is a phenomenal game. That one you do need to check out. Yeah. And now I'm curious. So NPC Aaron, I, we're gonna just say this out loud. Is that sweet? I've worked on eight games and on your wall in some capacity. You must have great taste. Which ones? We're really curious. That's awesome. And and what were your roles in it? All right. So yeah. So yeah. Like you you sir have good taste if that's the case. Well, hold on. I I will. I will say that before I speak. I know he will agree that you have great taste, but let's see which ones you say that you have <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I like most of these too. Yeah, um, a lot of them are really good. And now for our number one. Who's starting? You're starting us off. All righty. My number one is actually one of my more recent games that I played, but it's also one that I've played the mess out of and because it's a storyline game. And this one is, was on my anticipated list for 2021. Mm-hmm. This is The Initiative. Okay. I yep. I dig the mess out of this game. I love the the puzzle aspect and like it's teaching you as you're going through like okay this is one of the rules out there this is another rule out there so uh, for what is it cryptogram and stuff like that breaking codes and making codes I just think it's phenomenal I really enjoy this game I think it's a smart smart game and I like the fact that you just have two boards or one board that flips either way and you just do mm-hmm. variable setup. I have an intriguing, uh, yeah, I know, uh, but let okay. me get through my top, uh, my topic here because you keep distracting me every time I talk about games. You go on, go on, go on. I is driving me I insane. I go ahead. Uh, the initiative is phenomenal. You guys, if you want a fun game that plays simply because it's made to play with families mm-hmm. and that teaches your roles as you're going through. And teaches you how to code break and stuff like that. Not like really code break, but simple stuff. Well, it does teach you basic uh, yeah. like and legitimate used in history code crafting. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's a smart game. Uh, Corey Canesco is like one of my favorite designers. He's been attached to a lot of the games that I have like behind Danny over here. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. So I, I want to talk about Aaron real quick before we go on to this. Um, <laughs> Aaron, well... <laughs> Thank you, because... Uh, I enjoy a lot of those games. Designer, yeah, on Villainous, Godzilla Tokyo Clash, Marvel Villainous, though uh, significant work. Also worked on a smaller capacity, Jaws Horrified, Pan Am, The Goonies, and Back to the Future. So, clearly you worked for Prospero Hall. <laughs> or still do. Or still do. Um, which, well, now, you know... now Because now I'm curious, sir. And forgive me. No, that's not... He still does. So, yeah, Still Prospero do. Hall is actually one of our favorite design groups or designers. Uh, Disney Villainous is, it was in my top 100. Uh, Horrified was my number two favorite game of all time when we did our top 100 list. I really enjoy Goonies. I need to get that played more. I've only played it the once. And Back to the Future, Back in Time is one of my favorite co-op games. But, man, Biff is mean. Yeah, right? Biff, Biff is such a jerk in such a fun way. Um, yeah, Aaron, seriously, thanks for joining us because, yeah, it, it, and I'm glad this is your first time because we, we are massive, massive, yeah, massive fans, fans of Prospero Hall. 
And in fact, like, I, I'm, so, I'm glad he joined us now when instead of like the because beginning we of talked the about this at the beginning of the episode, and I bought this entirely on the basis of the fact that it is Prospero Hall, and we we talked about how I have no history with Trapper Keepers. Somehow they didn't exist in my past, and now and I bought that, and I love the game, and and we you and I are in agreement that uh, that as soon as we see anything from Prospero Hall as a company. We we definitely keep it up. I'm excited about the Goofy movie. Yeah, yeah we're saying that's that. You went oh crazy. man, I almost lost it because that's one of my favorite Disney movies of all times. So I do have to say I'm looking forward to adult. the new villainous expansion because yes, it's, it's starting it, going it, to the it, Pixar it, films. It, and it has my favorite Disney movie of all time. The Sword Black Cauldron. No, Sword in the Stone. Oh, it has well, Mad yeah. Madam Sword Mim. <laughs> Mad Madam Mim. I cannot tell you how. Anyway, so. Well, okay, number one. Let, let, let's get into your number one before we can yeah. finish the podcast part of it. So that is, yeah, we are geeking out extra hard right now. Um, <laughs> all right. No, tra- well, thank you. I was, if you listen, if you rewind back to the previous part of the episode, you'll you'll know how, how excited I was after I played it. It was really cool. P- please don't because I, I didn't have nice things to say about Carol. <laughs> well, you, you can't win them all. Yeah. You can't win them all. Um, but that's okay. I like carrots. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Aaron, please subscribe and hang out with us more often. So, my number one is a game that was designed by a good friend of the podcast, uh, I3. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even make my list. That was on my short list, though. It, yeah. Bullet. Bullet Heart, specifically. Yeah. I backed it on Kickstarter. Um, I, I tried a tabletop version, a tabletop simulator version yeah. long before it was developed or uh, released. He did a great job. He did all the graphic design on it, the design work on the game itself. It stands true, and it's a testament to how talented this guy is. He is really solid uh, as a designer, a developer, and everything else. So, uh, bravo to our friend Ithri. You are awesome, and Bullet had to make yeah, my it's list. Yeah, it it's a phenomenal so game. I, I like the, uh, the pulling out of the bag and like just the, how fast-paced it is, because it plays 15 minutes. It's not... Uh, yeah. a long game at all but yeah. yeah it's phenomenal during one of our game nights a few months ago in fact I brought it to demo a bit and while they were playing with it I convinced the the people who were working at the shop to play over our um, our speakers the soundtrack for <laughs> for Bullet because why not that's amazing yeah. they, they dug the music too they put on their, their normal one so um, in Creative Chaos no you don't need to play more games you play as many games as you think make sense but yeah, play more. Um, <laughs> but we, yeah, th- this is such a great game. So those were the eight games that I've really enjoyed this past uh, past year. I mean, there's so many more on top. Of yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Played a lot of games. Like we mentioned some. You mentioned some. Like oh, that, like Bullet yes. would have made my list if I thought about it. I kind of skimmed it over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, absolutely. yeah. In fact, I think it's one of the ones that I lost. <laughs> okay. And so, okay, we're fine. That might be why. <laughs> All right. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, thanks to everybody. Let's see if I can remember who, who joined us on our podcast tonight. Uh, we had Creative Chaos. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Poncho, thank you for tuning in. NPC Aaron, you're awesome. So very wrong about games. Um, who am I missing? I know I'm missing a few. Uh, yeah, there was a few people who joined us in on this podcast. Illuminous, yes. Thank you yep. for joining in. 
We want to thank you all for tuning in. And if you ever want to join us on a live episode, you absolutely can. And watch his ADD distract me in the entire episode. Absolutely distract him in all the best ways possible. (laughs) And and, and join us and join in on our live conversation. We love interacting with the people who are watching our episodes. You guys make it awesome. Join us at twitch.tv slash everyday board games as well as all video re-uploads can be found on youtube at everyday board games 2020 and if you like what we do there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform subscribe if you're not like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under everyday board games podcast this includes spotify google amazon music and podbean and if you ever want to reach out to us directly and like we mentioned at the front of the episode we were giving away a contest which so happened the original was designed by prospero hall hint hint um <laughs> we're giving away a copy of that um from previous episodes by all means go back and listen to those episodes and get them in before march, uh, march 11th uh, march 12th remember march we 12th, well, uh, march the, uh, 12th my apologies march 12th saturday get the get your uh contest entries in and of course if you're subscribed to us in all different ways you could do so. But if you want to contact, contact us directly, tell us your thoughts on it, or even just say hi or give us ideas for future episodes, join it, or email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get in contact with us on our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Everyday Board Games. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.